0: Happy New Year to everyone and our audience. Uh, welcome to the first podcast in the uh, New Year 2023. Uh, my name is Cassie Ye. I'm the uh, Principal Group Manager for Microsoft Customer Innovation Team for Asia-Pacific region. And today I'm going to introduce uh, one of my team members, The Hui Chong. She is the uh, Principal uh, Manager, a uh, PM Manager uh, in our organization. So why I'm going to in- introduce her to uh, our podcast series. During our journey uh, with the customer transformation uh, in the past few years, I realized that having a really capable program manager, or you can call it project manager, is very, very critical uh, to our success of the uh, customer transformation. So um, I'm going to uh, have her to really talk about uh, her journey as the PM in Microsoft, but also what's the uh, beauty and also the ugliness, and of course, all the um, goodness and also the uh, challenge while we are leading our customer uh, in their journey of the customer innovation. Hey, good morning, Dehui. i and very nice to have you. So you want to introduce yourself and say something to our audience?
1: Thank you, uh, Cathy, for having me for this podcast. I think it's a really good timing um, to talk about the transformation in Asia, and especially since we're transitioning into the new Lunar New Year. So I think let me first wish you know everyone a happy 2023. And I think more importantly, happy lunar new year that's upcoming as well i think there's so much to talk about right Uh, kathy like you said i mean we're at the pivotal point of transformation for a lot of customers but there's so much uncertainty as well right i mean the economic situation there's so much you know doom and gloom right about you know what's going to happen economically but i guess you know, if I look another way around, right, there's always a saying in Chinese that your way teaches you achieve way." So when there's a crisis, there's an opportunity, right? So I guess we're really at the right time, we're really at the right golden moment of capturing some of these digital transformations. I was super looking forward to going through this podcast with the audiences today.
0: Thank you, Dehui. I think you brought very nicely a uh, wording like the uh, Luna New Year. And I know uh, next year, or the rabbit ear is um is um also the uh, water rabbit ear uh shui tu okay uh, from the Wu uh, or um you know um the, some of the Mandarin and Chinese the uh, old tradition right so somehow water means the uh, wealthy the uh, fortune right. We are actually getting into a very challenging e- economic uh, time uh, since the uh, last year and all the uh, COVID and the uh, geopolitical things is actually making the, uh, the most of the uh, economy entity in APJ in getting into a very um, challenging time so but you also mentioned um you know the uh, crisis also meaning for the opportunity so can you further elaborate your finding because i know in past few years you have been working with the, uh, so many customers in this region so how do we see the uh, why the um, um the challenge means the opportunity and you know even getting into the new year people since like not not that's so optimistic about the upcoming <laughs> year, right? So what's right. your take? What's your view?
1: I think I'm generally an optimist. So, you know, I'll probably see a lot of goodness behind, you know, the tough situations. Um, however, I think to answer that question, you know, why do I still see that there's a lot of opportunity in spite of the doom and gloom by the of analysts out there is because, even though, right, over the last uh, couple of years, I think we s- see a lot of examples of, you know, so to say, crisis turning opportunities. So let me give you an example. I think the most, you know, obvious one is especially related to trade war. Um, I think some of us may not like to talk about it. But I think the reality is that there was a crisis in a sense that, there was this Joe tension around trade war. And as a result, right, there was also opportunity that um, arises for it. So, for example, we started to see that there's, there's a lot more diversification, for example, in the sense that people are diversifying their manufacturing plants to, let's say, Southeast Asia, um, there's, you know, this semiconductor company that's recently just set up uh, their new site in Arizona as well, right? So there are many more examples of such, right? But it's because of some of these crises, right, that we start to see that there's opportunity, you know, for people to rethink about their transformation, not just from a Joe location standpoint, but really about, you know, if that is a new factory, that's a new site, then what are the innovation points, right? So I think, if I may quote, you know, one of the customers that we talked about um, before, and I, we, we had a chance to speak with them before, I think I really like what uh, that customer said. I think in the past, uh, if they had stayed at one location, then you know they would have to deal with a lot of the brownfield they would have to deal with a lot of the issues of, hey, I couldn't get data. I couldn't you know, resonate the data. I couldn't integrate the systems and so on and so forth. But because they are slated to have a new site, they're slated to have a new innovation center in Singapore, a new innovation center in the US and so on. They have a lot more greenfield opportunities in a way. And I guess that's why I really see that, you know, in spite of, these so-called crises, uh, we do stand to see more opportunities arise as a result. What do you think, Cathy, about this? I think you also observed some of the opportunities that stem from a crisis um, along the way as well.
0: I cannot agree more. So, yeah, we share the same journey to um, really see the um, dramatic change of the, uh, the industrial. So, yeah that's right. um, you know during the past few years, I see uh, our customers, especially for those manufacturing customer industry customer, they accelerate their path to do the, uh, the diversification. So uh, people are talking about supply chain resilience. people are talking about the uh, pop up factory. so all those are hot topic we are facing uh, in past few years. But let's back to what you are doing, because in the very beginning, I introduced to our audience, you are the principal PM uh, in our organization. So I know PM uh, uh, represents your uh, program manager, right? And somehow, um, I also realized in the most of the high-tech manufacturers, because currently I'm based in Taiwan, so it's a um, hub for the high-tech manufacturers. And I do see our customer invest heavily in R and D engineer or uh, the software engineer or um, maybe sales marketing, but I rarely see uh, our customer they really have a you know big PM team to really manage the project. So I also want to uh, start from you, your role in Microsoft. So mm. what are you doing <laughs> within your customer innovation team and in Microsoft? And why you feel uh, your role is very s- critical to the success while we are uh, leading or um, accomplish our customer uh, Doing their journey for the uh, innovation project.
1: Right. Oh, thanks, Cathy. I think that's a really interesting question. And when I said it's an interesting question, is because I think if you really look at, you know, what is a PM, um, you're probably going to get different answers from different people. In fact, you know, since you mentioned the market in Taiwan, I think I recently read an article there that when you talk to people at PM, I think the first thing that comes up is, is that person a project manager? Or is that person a product owner? Or is that person a marketing product manager or pre-sales managers, right? The P's, right, can literally stand for so many things. And I guess I just want to take the audience back a little bit. Um, So my role as a principal program manager is, I would say probably a composition of everything that I just mentioned early on, but I also want to give the audience a bit of a reflection why it is so, right? And I think this is a time for us then to step back a little bit and first understand, right, from the customer's point of view, what exactly is digital transformation and why, um, you know, the complexity in requires the program manager to have that many hats um, that she has to wear. So I guess by taking the first step back, you know, and let's look at what digital transformation is, I always like to take the you know, this fairy tale story from India, this Indian parable of, you know, the blind man and the elephant, so Mangren Mo right? And if you're going to ask, you know, someone in the energy sector what digital transformation is, he's probably going to tell you that, you know, digital transformation is, probably uh, along the lines of sustainability, how did I do carbon tracing? But if you switch gears and you start to ask someone in, let's say, manufacturing line, you know, what exactly is digital transformation? If you ask the OT guy, he's probably going to tell you, you know, as long as I have my data flowing in my Kanban, I'm happy, right? But if you ask an IT person, you know, that answer is going to surprise you as well in terms of, hey, I'm going to break down the data silos, I'm going to do the data value streams and so on and so forth. So it is more... Also, like a pirate ship test. So, by talking to different people, different people see, you know, the digital transformation as something else. Some see a shark. Some see a peaceful island. You're gonna get a hundred answers from hundred people. A uh, hundred different answers, in fact, right? So, because there's so many different variations and definitions of what digital transformation is, I think it's not surprising then, right, that you know, you really need someone with a cross capability to really hone in and understand what is the right opportunity to take in spite of having so many different variations of answers and i think that's what the pm stands for which is the most important role of a pm is to be able to differentiate a rat and a hamster so rat is a bad opportunity and a hamster is a good opportunity do you tend to agree, Cathy?
0: Yeah, so I heard about the example, you know, why we first time to really uh, talk about the opportunity. So it's always take a lot of effort, or if I may say that, sometimes it's not just you spend time to really explore. It's actually take a lot of like intelligence to really you know, decided is a rat or a a hamster, right? So, of course, hamster is, uh, you know, cute little things and rat. You know, people don't really like rat, right? So, um, but I want to also try to back to your earlier point. So, regarding the PM, somehow I realize in the most of the entity or the corporate, the big boss, I mean, CEO or chairman, he or she usually the PM. You know, he or she decided <laughs> which opportunity you need to go after and what would be the resource. Problem for having the CEO or your top manager, the top executive to be the PM is about, you know, you know, he or she usually will be the bottleneck because, you know, just one single, you know, top person, but uh, the person cannot really having the much capability to be scale, right? So that's why we have the design of the PM so um, multiple PM, of course, um, you know, maybe just a few of PM, but also can having the visibility and authority to decide and to make the arrangement of the resource. But back to your, uh, like, daily work, right? So can you further elaborate? So as uh, the PM, and when you deal with the, um, I mean, the or how can you hand-holding mm. the customer get the into the, uh, like, a blind man, but to describe a big elephant on the room. So what's the view from you about, so what's the challenge, but also the uh, fun fact while you are working with the customer and to help them go through the uh, exploratory uh, stage?
1: Right. That's a really critical one, uh, Kathy, because like you rightly pointed out, right, even if, you know, it seems like the right opportunity, it seems like the right customer, sometimes as a, you know, good PM, right? Um, I think it is not to take things on the surface level, but really to go in depth and, you know, just handhold and really uncover what exactly is the need of the organization and realize that I didn't say what the customer wants, but rather what is the actual need? Because there's a huge difference between the two. So let me give you an example, right? I think some time ago, our CEO, Satya Nadella, I think he... He, he gave a quote, which is really important about innovation. And I think innovation, what he said was that, you know, what is the innate in all of us is the ability to be able to put ourselves in other people's shoes and see the world that the way they see it. So what it means here really is to be able as a PM to really step into the shoes of our customers, to be able to really understand from his point of view or her point of view, right? Why, you know, the idea came in such a way, because oftentimes, you know, I think what is sometimes lacking in many of the discussions that we tend to have, and it's not just a PM uh, challenge, it's a challenge for a lot of people is that we tend to ask questions or seek clarification just to answer back. We don't tend to listening just so that we can take in the shoes of the other person. So I think that is something that is very critical, which is, you know, one's ability to have a lot of empathy with the customer to be able to step into his shoes. Now, this is one tangent of it, but let me give you the other extreme as well, right? It is important to step into the shoes and understand from the customers, but at the same time, like I said, never ever take Things on a surface level. So there was a colleague that taught me this uh, quote in the consulting world. Apparently, we always say, you know, don't give him a quote. Why is it so? Because sometimes the customer says that he wants a quote, and you just take it at surface level and you give him a quote. But the truth is, it's only because. The person is thirsty and he sees a bottle of Coke in front of him, so he thinks he needs to Coke. But actually, what he really wants is water. So if you had just taken at surface level and you had just, you know, asked him some questions like, what do you want? And he told you that exactly and you took it at that level, then you wouldn't be able to really um, uncover the actual needs behind it. So that is a bit more philosophical, right? So let me actually use a couple of examples to make it real. So I remember some time ago, um, probably about three years or five years back, right? One of the customers, uh, a discrete manufacturer, came to us. And the reason why they came to us was because it's so funny. um, They saw a YouTube video that Microsoft did for another customer uh, around Digital Twin. And they said to us, hey, you know, I saw this YouTube video and I wanted it for my factory, right? And this is the classic example of, you know, If I had just listened in and said, OK, this is what you want, let me deliver it to you, I think I wouldn't have done the right thing, not just from a role perspective, but I would have not done her organization the right favor as well by giving her a quote that she wanted. So instead, uh, what we did was we you know, had elaborations, we tried to bring in all the right stakeholders from her end as well. And we tried to understand, right, from the different which is the blind people's uh, fable in this case, right, what are the different independent business units requirements there? And from there, we were able to sift out, right, uh, what is kind of that totality that the organization was looking for. So being able to bring all the siloed opinions together and sort of to, you know, re, I guess, evaluate what is the actual requirement there, I think it's a really very important ingredient that helped this particular customer move from something like, hey, I want a digital twin because I saw the YouTube video, to, you know, your OT guys needed to clarify what was the root cause for this particular machinery. And then, you know, they've been infighting and therefore, you know, we need to solve this from a connectivity standpoint. This is a very, very different um, type of reasoning why they want to do digital transformation. So I think that is one example that I could give. Yes. And there's so many more, I think, uh, Cathy, that we can talk about.
0: Right. So I, I recall that case and I would say that's a very typical case. And it's actually happened quite often. Uh, a lot of customers, they say they see the video and they come to us. Hey, this is very cool. I would love to have like HoloLens to really visualize the uh, three dimension, you know, all the stuff, right? So I think you brought up a very good point. Um, also, I uh, need to really think through about, so did he or she really want a Coke or he just thirsty or he just want to make some sip. <laughs> Sometimes I feel they are not really thirsty or hungry. They just want to try, you know, just try or to, you know, make themselves look great. So somehow I feel people are kind of confusing about all those the, uh uh, shining and cool technology turn but without really thinking about this, so what's the real benefit they want to value they want to uh, bring back to their uh, company so yeah I really like the point that you, you made regarding you know to really uh, connect the dot and, and try to you know make it a more comprehensive and holistic view for customer but I guess my question is how do you know at the first point uh, yeah how straight. do you know you say, "Oh, I got God's feeling," but I guess it's not just for the God's feeling. And if you know, maybe that's more like a device for the most of, uh, I mean, our audience. You know, who we are not necessarily we're always having the people like you. I mean, the very senior people or having the intelligence. So, how to train that? How to really accumulate those the experience and make that us the um, the corporate asset. Yeah, so I'm very curious. Maybe you can tell more to our audience.
1: Oh, uh, and I think Cathy, you just mentioned that keyword here, which is, be very curious, right? So how do you know that you know you've hit the right nail with this customer? you hit the right nail with this customer in terms of this is the right project to go with, right? So I guess there's a few traits which are important here, but the number one trait here would be be very very curious. Be very, very curious in the sense of never stop at, you know, asking your first question and just take the surface answer. Be very curious of why, you know, this is needed. Uh, be very, very curious of who else needs to come on board. Be very, very curious about, you know, what's this going to lead to, right? So I think that would be my first advice um, to anyone that's thinking about digital transformation, anyone that's helping a customer to get to a digital transformation journey, which is you need to be constantly learning, constantly asking questions and just be super curious about, you know, where this is going to land us because at some point, you're going to hit the right, you know, boundaries and you're going to know that, yes, this is the right customer. There's a lot of hunch involved as well. There's a lot of gut feeling involved as well. But I think being curious is the number one element, there's, there's a lot more, to be honest, and I could go on and on. I think this is going to be a two-hour session as well, but I'll probably bring up a couple, right? I think it's also, you know, having um, someone wearing multiple hats when evaluating this opportunity. Um, so we often talked about, you know, the, the seven different hats and, you know, some people wear a black hat, some wear a red hat. And I would say that for a program manager to really understand, you know, whether this is the right moment the right time to go in you really got to wear different hats you got to wear the black hat to you know be always the one asking the devil's advocate questions you got to be wearing a different hat to always see the positive thing of it to weigh in the consequences to weigh in the possibilities you got to be the one driving you know hey the excitement as well so i think that's that wearing that multiple hats in addition to being curious which is going to be helpful for you I think maybe the last one, uh, not to take up too much time here, but I think it's the most important one is the resilience and grit behind it. And I can't emphasize more. So when a lot of people talk about, um, hey, let's do a digital transformation project, I think the thing that comes to mind sometimes is it's going to be a six-month project, it's going to be 3 months project, and we're off and we're good, Right. But the truth is, and I, I've never gone into one that's just the last three to six months, by the way, because all of it takes resilience and greed to uncover. It takes a lot of patience, right, to figure out, it's never one off meeting. And I think it's really just the time, right, um, and the patience, and I think your curiosity and your gratitude to be able to want to stay in consistency with this engagement to be able to find out what's the right moment and timing and opportunity to go into. So, I would say in short, uh, be curious. And I think, you know, definitely wear multiple hats to evaluate and definitely, you know, have that resilience and grit to really uncover the right um, places and right opportunity and of course have fun along the way.
0: Yeah, so the way I think you brought the um, um, very important uh, quality or mindset, as a successful PM and, of course, the um, mindset we need to carry on uh, during the digital transformation journey, right? But I'm also very curious because all of those, the um, mentality and also the journey, is actually take a lot of time, very long time. But we know people are the most expensive resource for the company. Right, especially in the uh, high tech um, industrial. So would you share more about in the digital transformation opportunity, there's still a lot of uncertainty and somehow those uncertainty represent mm. the risk and also the cost, heavy cost, right? So what do you think about? is there any like systematic way or structured way mm. to really think through about the people process and the technology element and make us having the more genuine transformation, And more, I would say, manageable, manageable journey instead of just, you know, putting unlimited resource and to go on and go on. Right. So what's your view on that?
1: He is really just trying to evaluate a new technology for interest of R&D. And I would say both have to come together. Because um, both are very important elements to then answer the question, what is a genuine transformation? Because a genuine transformation, you know, once I get the right PR, once I get the right story out, and once I've evaluated the technology, what is next? So, for example, right, um, we've had many customers before whereby, you know, they've done the first prototype with us and they've done the right evaluation with us and they would have set their sights to deploy this in a particular, you know, manufacturing site of DRS in a particular location, or at least have a plan to scale this out. So uh, I would say the thing that differentiates a genuine transformation from more of the ones that are exploratory or the ones that a little bit more risky, uh, the fact that the genuine ones tends to have a then what's next behind the leads and means apart. You know, the first, thing first that I would check checklist is the people's mindset. Are we dealing with the right people? Are we dealing with the right mindset? In addition, of course, when it comes to the people, also about finding the right team. And again, this sounds easy on the surface. It's also challenging sometimes as well because the first person you talk to in the customer end is sometimes not always the right person. So how do you find it right a lot of people ask do you look for the title do you look for hey this is an innovation office or do you look for he's a cto or the cdo well i think it's less about the title right i think it ties back to the mindset thing that i talked about but i also think it's about you know the team that's going to work with you are they willing are they transparently open enough to want to be to discuss things right good or bad right versus avoiding things so i think from a people element you know right mindset the right team would be so critical in this path. There's, there's a lot more, of course, technology, process, business. We can talk more about it. But I think people element, I think, Cathy, would be the most critical ingredient when thinking about a genuine transformation. I'll probably take that as the strongest element amongst everything else.
0: Yeah, of course. <laughs> If you are dealing with the wrong people or the people or sometimes uh, their maturity or their mindset haven't been able to really align with our mindset, I guess uh, it will be, you know, make the journey more rough instead of, you know, we can, you know, just focus on the, the project, right? So I I totally agree with you. So um, given the time, and I know you are, there's uh, many more you want to share, but I think, you know, maybe I just um, nail that down into the, uh, my final question. So what would be, I mean, the most endurable moment for you while you are, you know, you have been with the uh, principal PM for many years and also, of course, dealing with the, um, the many leading customer, especially for the Asia Pacific, especially in manufacture. So what's the, uh, your endurable moment during the uh, digital transformation journey? But in the same time, what will be the, you know, the bitter moment, you know, um, uh-huh. while you are doing those yeah, projects with the customer?
1: Wow, well, that's a double-age thought question, right, Cathy? But um, it's, it's good that you asked, actually, Cathy, because there's a lot of reflection points, um, you know, dealing with um, customer transformation along these last couple of years. I think I would look at it from two spectrum. One is the outcome and one is the journey. Right. I think the outcome part is obviously, you know, when a customer successfully transforms. Um, you know, not just in terms of hey, they publish a customer story with us, but I think more importantly is uh, when they come back to us, right, constantly to say, you know, hey guys, um, you know, we're looking for this other transformation path, right? Can you help us? And I think In one of the automotive examples, um, that was the case, right? They keep coming back to us to ask for opinion. I think they even structure things very differently from some of the advice that we've given from them. So I think the outcome of that um, is definitely something that I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, But the other piece, which is more the journey part, um, because having the outcome is one thing, the journey part is also very enjoyable in the sense that, It is, after all, an evolution. It is, after all, an evolution because I think if we had talked about this transformation five years ago, there's some technologies which don't even exist back then. And today, as we see the evolution coming in, I think the journey which was so enjoyable for me was to be able to work with a ton of different technologies, but more importantly, a ton of really, really talented people uh, out there, right, both within Microsoft and as well as the customer side, to to realize this. So I think those would be the two elements, the outcome as well as the journey. So the business impact as well as the talented people that I get to work with. Now, but if you were to ask me, I guess what are some of the you know challenges and perhaps some of the learnings right, that we had and those are the hard learnings that we got out of um, this whole transformation journey. Sometimes you, you you thought you got it right. Sometimes, you know, by working with teams, you deliver a project. After six months, you check back in and you realize because it was just a pet project of, of you know, a particular department, it didn't scale, it didn't go beyond. And, you know, why, why was that true, right? So, The truth was, I think those sort of projects, those sort of harder, you know, more difficult outcomes kind of project helps us also to understand and helps us to also take a step back, which is, I think, from a starting point of every engagement, we should always ask our questions. Do we really have the right buy-in from a business perspective? So I think those would be some of my, you know, summary in terms of what I really enjoyed. And what are some of the hard truths that I felt, but that also gave me an opportunity to reflect on, you know, what are the right questions to ask when we start a new project, when we think about the next scaling out and the next scaling up for the project itself. And I think I just want to give a bit of encouragement to the audiences out there that even though digital transformation is complex, it's challenging, it's going to be a lot of work involved. But I think today we're really at the right timing because the market conditions are way riper, right? There's so many things going on, new investments, EV growth, right? Um, Larger sites relocations, strengthening and localization of the manufacturing and technologies are evolving. So I think, you know, we're really at the right, Moment of transformation, and I'm really hopeful what's to come. So I think the only barrier now to transformation is our imagination. With that, I really like to thank the audience, and I hope this podcast uh, gives you some flavor and idea of the journey that we would go through um, in transformation with any uh, engagement itself. So thank you.
0: Okay, so uh, thanks so much to having Dehui share her experience uh, while she handhold uh, some of our customer. During the digital transformation journey, and I really like the your viewpoint regarding her people process technology. But in the same time, I, you know, share the same feeling with you. You know, there is some really a sweet moment um, to really see customer come back to you, and to really recognize your achievement and also your contribution for them to drive the business impact. But for the bitter moment, um, you know, it's always sad to see it's just a pet program and it's just for, you know, some of the, uh, like, POC without really able to be scaled. Because in the end of the day, we really like to see all the technology, all the innovation can help customers to drive their long-term business development. And But most important is, I think, that having the right people, no matter is a really capable PM like the way to lead the program, and also having our counterpart in customer side as our partnership, and who share the same mindset, who really share the same ambition for the digital transformation. So again, uh, thanks very much for having the Hui to join us, and I'm looking forward to hear more from you about the audio practice and you know really a um, nice story uh, with the customer. So thank you, thank you for all your listening. Thank you.